Wait, have you ever seen the Avengers based on this on um, the uh, British '65 uh, uh, TV show and oh, movies? He in that? Yeah, it was, he was the villain when Uma Thurman and uh, Ralph Fiennes like went after him. So Outland is on YouTube movies for for, uh, but I mean it's with commercials or whatever. Yeah. Look out for that lighthouse. Wow. So the duck has saved the inexplicable duck. I guess they just wrote her in to like help with. Whoa! He's dead now. Look at that. This man, he's been bungee jumping for the last 20 minutes. All right, yeah, move the trampoline, you dumbass. Yeah, they've got this tiny little thing that saves them. Ridiculous. He doesn't even balance this guy. His badass lands. That's right. There's our love interest who didn't figure into the plot at all whatsoever. Why did we need her? Yeah. So uh, this um, Sasha Hartman was also raving. No, I think it was the, the wife who was ranting. The Scottish government put seven million pounds of above-the-line advertising and promotions into Brave. Wouldn't it have been nice oh, if the right. government said that they would support and nurture a film business in Scotland? So she's bitter about that. Right. Yeah, well, Brave was a better movie. Right. Weird, right? Yeah, absolutely, it's a better movie. They released a sizzle reel in 2010, and it was had this bad animation, and everyone was like, this thing's not going to work. And they just had their rose-colored glasses and moved forward. I don't know. Yeah. They started talking about this film to themselves in 2006. That's when they turned the book into a short. Okay, so now he's, you know, Billy the goat is going to die pretty much. And so he's remembering all the good times, how he trained the goat, you know, to talk and. Nice. Now, well, yeah, this is out coming moment the time. They're now nodding to uh, Alan's work in. Um, Bob Fosse's, uh, uh, Alan Cumberland's, yeah, because he, he won a, a an Oscar for it or something. I got that written it's here. I'm singing the name Rocky and seeing where a frisbee is tossed in the airport. <laughs> now on the Titanic, another Casablanca. I get it. Movie references. Yeah. Of, what do you weird. think? He's going to die? Of course not. He'll be fine. But, 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 but who cares? We saw a life story 40 minutes into the movie. So it's, um, what is it, of the Valkyries? And she's got some sort of goat's milk or some bullshit. Right. And she's going to throw it and it's going to save the goat. It doesn't make any sense. Who's piloting the plane by the way? 
not her, right? Not her, right? Here's her pitch. She's gonna pitch. Right. Never mind. It's glass, right? Right. Now, why would she pitch it if she's dropping it? Now the sun actually has a part in the movie. Oh, right. I remember the sun. See what you, you just said? Film? Oh, yeah. I remember the sun. This film is so bad. Now she's Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. Go, uh -huh. ducky. But, Go, ducky. But no one hears her, right? Because she's on top of a, a flying right. airplane. The audience hears her. Now, what is this magic elixir? It's milk. Huh. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. I'm alive, Billy. <laughs> Why'd you call me Billy? You're the Billy. Uh, did they take a, a national holiday when this movie came out? Like, Scotland was able to go? No, even people in Scotland thought this was a piece of crap. It went, uh, it, it spent a month in, like, some theater. Okay, this is the Russian, um, this is, like, the Russian commander of the sub. And he's giving, he's going to give the beaver to, oh, he's got the beaver, finally. Whoa. Now what After all that. Yeah. He's running off to bang the beaver. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. That's the worst part. So they saved well, the beaver. I guess the beaver saved the brother. Oh, another James Bond nod. Dun, dun, dun. So I I oh, found a website on. that's like all into great cars, and they quote they get they put all the cars that were in this movie, and my research was like, eh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so I should be telling you right now, this is a Jig Jag seventy four sixty nine. My I don't care. How come a veterinarian can afford a car like that? Yeah, and it says Billy on the license plate. It's clearly his. Yeah. Now, look, he's using his spy stuff. Right. This is Billy, too. The other one came. Yeah, so, usually he's supposed to tip the cow. Yeah, at least 15%. So he just bonked. Parking brakes don't work that way, man. Right. He just bonked the car. Now, why? The beaver's in it, and he's trying to save the beaver. Right. Okay, so now Billy will get into the action finally. You know, it's weird. They drive on the wrong side of the road since they're so crazy. But the thing is, since everybody's crazy, they all do it. So it works. They got a system. Right. Now, Billy, like this is an old man with a big fat stomach. There's no way 
he can skateboard. No way. How do you know? Like, you never read the books. This could be canon. <laughs> he just jumped off a cliff and parachuted. It's just so ridiculous. Perfectly lands. <laughs> Everything's been perfect in this film. The uh, the bungee jumping, the milk into the goat, the... Yeah, I guess so. Now, yeah, well, the bungee jumping was perfect. experimental military place all of a sudden. Oh, right. Well, you've never been to Scotland. That's where they uh, have the weird military. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. What is up with that? Well, this movie is pretty exciting. I feel like it's, they we started the film. Like they said, you know what? Whatever we were doing about that beaver and the rabbit, well, <laughs> let's go a different direction. Right. In the middle of the in the end of the film, you know, just they set things up and they don't go anywhere. Right. Arrest that man! Uh, hey, that's no way to treat a vet. Oh, you're a vet, sir? Uh, I'm honored for your service. <laughs> Stolen valor every time. Right, if you were a veterinarian, would you be like, excuse me, I, I believe I should get a vet discount? <laughs> Not that kind of vet. People always thank me for my service. Are you trying to take one? Get my goat? I'm right over here. Now, you remember the partner, his old partner said he'd help him, but he actually screws him. There he is. He showed up now, the partner. Yeah. So the villain has the villainy mustache. Mm-hmm. Which is good. They all have mustaches, but this guy just looks like he shaved his mustache. He actually looks like a baked potato. This animation is not like, fun to walk, look at. Dude. It's not easy to look at. Now, we, our, my eye is acclimated to it because, you know, we've been – I mean, we're knee-deep into this film now. It's uh, 62 right. minutes. Look how much he must work on well, that mustache every day. You know, one of the great things about our show is that I'll suggest a movie and you'll research it. So how many times have you seen this movie this week? Well, I had that little fire, as you know, so this is my third time watching it. So I'm a, I may be one or two less than usual. Yeah, I forgot about that fire. You are right? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was – the fire lasted like one minute before I had smothered it. Uh, it was enough to do some damage on the cabinets in the kitchen and a lot of smoke inhalation. It was really, I wouldn't say scary because it happened too fast, but there was a second in which I had to make a choice. Do I fight this thing or do I leave the house and let, just lose the house? Because it was really raging. Wow, that's crazy, girl. I didn't realize. It was licking the And the thing is, wow. it was grease, 
So I couldn't knock it off the burner because, you know, it would have spread across the kitchen floor. Anyway, it's fine. We're past it now. I'm back in the house. It's habitable again. Look at those boobs, Mike. I know. It's insane. They're both of them. Left, right, left, right. Yeah, but she's a piece of uh, boob, and the other one's like joke boobs. Well, they need to have role models. Well, she is from New York. Her, her, she has a bumper sticker that says "I Heart New York" on it. Yeah, that's right. With the, with, she, with the red, white, and blue. Shoes. She hearted so much she left. Oh, uh, here's the duck singing about golfing. This movie's so bored with itself. It's like, let's go golfing. Yeah. <laughs> See if I can hear the audio. Yeah. Keep... Wow. Yeah, you should take up golf. You're the only American in Scotland who's not playing golf. And not flying the plane. I guess, see, a plane like that, a biplane, would not have auto autopilot. Here we are All in the pub puppy. with characters puppy we've running. never met before. Right, and designs that we never recognized. Like, there was never, like, I guess there's humans in this movie, but not that many. Like, This is the like thing a, from uh, Mod Squad. He wound up in Scotland. And this is Ringo Starr? Yeah. Who's a Russian yeah. Russian sub-captain. You know, Ringo always wore these weird, like, uniforms anyway. Now Billy's wow. doing the thank you. And she's ready to do her flash dance routine. Everyone in this girl... Yeah, it's strange. All the women are just, like, picturesque like that. Fetishized. Yes. I'd like to apologize for this movie. I'm 91 years old. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I saw an interview with him at Sonoma, and he was really praising the film. And I just, I don't, I don't know how he can. I just, I'm not with them on this. Yeah. It, you I mean, know, you Mike, know, I often say, like, the movie sucks, but it was good for your show. Now, there was a lot to talk about and everything, but I got to tell you, I prefer we had not done this film. It was just <laughs> it's torturous. But I'm telling you, like, I love Sean Connery, and he's, like, one of those guys now, like Jack Nicholson, where they're retired. So to see him, like, do a film from 2012 and that it was full length and it was available on YouTube, I had to jump on it. But I know our show, we never play the audio. So it's not like we can experience Sean Connery, you know. But uh, I don't know. It's a full length. There's a full story, I guess. Or there was a story, and they just kept going. And Creepy. Huh. Grab his belly. I'm a guy with the fat belly. I hate that. You did that to me once in Fish Burgers. <laughs> we were in that pizzeria. <laughs> the white years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was 26 years ago. We were making fun of do the, white th- uh, do the right thing, and you, you had a pickle do the right thing. Yeah, you, I didn't write that. Well, because we were – oh, of course you didn't write it. Oh, well, that would be too risque. I'm talking about Michael, 1989. You were way, you were way into it. No, 91 – Something like that. You were 21 
But uh, we're filming that scene, and, you know, I have to be in character or anything. And then you go, Cowboy Carl, don't get upset. And you grab my belly. And I was totally out of character. I was like, get off off my belly. If you slow motion that public access video, you can see your eyes get red. They expand. Boy, they love this themselves in this film. They... Like it was such a great thing. We're all celebrating. I don't know why. Like every animated movie nowadays, they're like Troll World Tour, where it's just a jukebox of songs. It's like, we're ugly dolls and we celebrate the morning by singing <laughs> songs and walking around the village. Every character has a lyric. You know, I mean, like, yeah. and that's the entire movie. So happy Feet? I guess Happy Feet was the best example, but it, there's no story. So this long dance number, it's not like, you know, the kids are like, well, I'd love to watch more animation. Hypnotizing. It's got that kiss makeup. Happy Roni. We still have ten minutes left in this film. Shut up. Even Saving Christmas saved their dance number till the end. But this film should have ended so long ago. It should have ended when they saved the beaver. But this was always a video release. It wasn't like they were going to put this in theaters, right? I mean, other than the Sonoma presentation. No, they presentation. didn't want to put it in theaters. It didn't get picked up. It was in, like, it was in weird theaters that are, you know, off the beaten path for about two seconds, and then it went to DVD. Now his love interest, like, they've been together throughout the whole film. I mean, it's a 90-year-old man. Yeah, talk about a January-November relationship. Yeah, and she's way into it. No way. Look at the fireworks. Everything's a celebration. It doesn't make sense. There's nothing to celebrate. They're they're in Anaheim, you know, and Disney World is right behind them. You see the duck on the statue? Wow. She finally landed her plane. She decided to show up with the rest of the characters. Yeah. I had enough time with You know how much I gas that biplane must have burnt? Damn. Yeah. Uh-oh. What is up with this dance number? It's going on forever. I'm laughing at shorter dance numbers. Yeah. Oh, James Bond. I'm off to have sex with my granddaughter. Quack. Yeah, right. He can't even fly that duck. Right. She has to have a plane to fly. Wow. Is this the end of Sir Billy? I don't know. He's got nine more minutes. Well, directed by popped up. Well, that's it. We're going to chill out for these last nine minutes of credits and uh, just... uh, We'll end the show when the credits end. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? You know what I thought of this piece of crap. <laughs> this film should not yeah, have been made. The people who made it are delusional. So I saw documentaries about this film, you know, made by the producers themselves, of course. And they're right. interviewing the guy who did the music, and he's like, he loved it. He loved it. Same thing with Sean Connery. There was no interview with... Um, uh, Andrew, uh, Alex Cummings. 
uh, what's his name? Alan Cummings. There was Cummings. no inter. I couldn't find that. Probably he was. Oh, what a pity! Like reasonable person who was embarrassed. He was probably doing chewing gum radio commercials, and uh, and it was in the record booth, and they just recorded it. Like it was all in a day's work for him. Wow, this I movie like so. I like I, him. He was in uh, this one in which he played Loki. Uh, uh, gosh, I can't remember the film. Like he, he impresses me. He does horrible films too. He just wants the money. But when he has his chance and it's his thing, he does some great acting. Well, he was really good in Josie and the Pussycats. I mean, that, that was uh, a good. Yeah. Wow, look at that, Sir Billy. You can't leave. Leave, Sir Billy. Go take care of a cat. You're <laughs> a sick dog. <laughs> the only vet stuff we saw was he gave a cow a bath and he asked right. the rabbit to wiggle its toes. And here's Scotland's finest uh, talent, Ruby Wax. That's probably the name. There we go. Yeah, Circus Sean Connery is like 12th listed. Ruby Wax plays Patty Turner uh, in the film, uh, and I'm sure she was buxom. Yeah. Oh, maybe in real life. Maybe they were trying to keep keep it real. <laughs> wow, this movie. So we're going to let the credits roll. Carl, uh, hi, Sir Billy fan. Mike here from uh, LWAF 11 OYT with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was uh, that was atrocious. <laughs> I'm pretending we just watched it. It was horrid. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we watched it again. We uh, we thought this movie was so bad we we kiboshed the episode, and then we talked to my brother who has a great podcast called Probably Reason, uh, called Movie Podcast because we wanted to at least talk about this movie. Uh, he never aired the episode, but here's bits and pieces. Welcome to Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. I'm Adam Spiegelman. If this is the first time you listen to the show, that's bizarre, but thank you. Uh, I've done the show for five years and then stopped for a while because I have kids who are running around, and I'm currently in the baby's room hiding underneath a blanket. So, um, You guys came to me and said, please come out of retirement. This is very important to me. Yes. Um, we found a movie for your show, which is a great show, called... L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl, better known as Lawafflemont. Lawafflemont. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. It's so easy. It's easy to remember. You guys are here to talk about a film that is so bad that you said, oh. This film that we watched is so bad, and it's really dependent on the voice acting to kind of push it, that we felt it wasn't uh, appropriate for our show, but it needs to be... Uh, announced. People should know about this film. So that's why well, we asked Mike, you. you. Remember why we didn't want to do it? Like, we did the whole episode. We put it in the can. I edited it. I was all ready to upload it to Pam for Mutiny Radio. And then you and I both had the same thing. Like, it was a bummer. Like, we yeah. didn't enjoy ourselves on the show. No, I thought it's I did right. a terrible job. Yeah, yeah, it's a depressing movie. So we don't... We just didn't upload it just because we... It just let off the bitter taste in our mouths, like, oh, what was that? So it'll never – it sits there, though, just in case we're in trouble someday, but I hope it never gets hurt. <laughs> if you ever hear a depressed episode, that means one of you guys were sick or not available. Yeah, yeah right. Ten flowers. <laughs>
That film was all about Scotland, and it was yeah. all about uh, uh, Sean Connery. We should mention the film. It's called Sir Billy, with an I at the end. And yeah. it's from 2012. It premiered in uh, Sonoma Film Festival in the States, and it played a couple uh, theaters outside Glasgow before going straight to video. Right. What was the other name of it? There's two names. Oh, uh, Guardians of the Highlands. Guardian of the Highlands. Guardian Guardians, of the... right? No, it's this... singular because Sir yeah. Billy is the Guardian. Well, there is a song in this movie called Guardian of the Highlands, so that makes sense. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the movie's so nice they named it twice. It's always a bad sign when they name a movie twice. Sometimes they do <laughs> it just to get two different boxes out of it and trick you. It's <laughs> like, a great movie, Aerobicize, which is also called Deadly Workout. Nice. Um, so, uh, Guardian of the Highlands. So, uh, we'll, but you guys, what is this film about, and how did they get Sean Connery to do this film? Yeah, this film is about a veterinarian named Billy, and basically it's about how he saves um, these, these animals that are in trouble. They're going to go over the... Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they, they're lost on the water in the river. They're gonna go down the dam and fall over a waterfall, and he has to save them. And there was a, I don't know, this husband and wife team, uh, Tessa and Sasha Hartman. Mm -hmm. They, the wife Tessa, she wrote a book called Sir Billy the Vet. And uh, I don't know when she wrote it, but by 2006, they had made it into a short film, you know. And they just thought this could be a promotion, you know, this could be a, a feature. So uh, the filmmakers got Sean Connery on board after they approached this businessman in Scotland who was friends with Sean Connery, and he agreed to pass their materials to him, like the script and such. Did he get paid? I don't know. But that was the connection that got them in the door. And because it was all about Scotland, Sean Connery decided, I'm all aboard this. He's an executive producer in the film, too, and we're not sure if he got, like, money from it. This is the first CGI company that came out of Scotland, so it's right. kind of a big deal. Well, you know yeah, he got no money. He got an executive – right, he got an executive producer credit, and he got a percentage of Hartman Media as payment because – I mean, there was 15 million pounds thrown around here, but Sir Sean got none of it. He, if, if the film didn't make money, he didn't make money. He was on board with this whole thing. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think it's because of Scotland. I think it's just because there was no film industry in Scotland. And, the I mean, these guys could have made their film in, in Eastern Europe for a lot cheaper. And they once got an offer from Los Angeles to make, you know, but they would lose creati creative control. They didn't want that. They wanted it to be a Scottish story told in Scotland by a Scot Scottish film uh, company. And I guess that's why, I guess that's why Sir Sean was on board, Scotland. But let's talk about the animation, because I watched normally for the show, and normally meaning every time, but now I would watch the movie, um, but Mike said it was terrible, and um, I have I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. <laughs> I'm in a pandemic, and- I, It's only 73 minutes. It's uh, 10 minutes of end credits. The animation, I watched the trailer and the animation, maybe because I'm spoiled because I watch Frozen and Frozen 2 every single day, but the animation was so bad on this. Yes. But it's yeah. not because it was the inexperience, it wasn't because of the money. 
Well, they hadn't. Their the professional animation software was just too much money, so they actually developed their own animation uh, software, and it was handmade. Look, you know, it has this. Okay, if you're looking at a human being, you want to puke. If you're looking at nature and the hills and the ocean, you know, the river, it's beautiful. It's really great software. But if you're looking at a human being, it just looks so unnatural and disturbing. But I feel like for this and and what qualifies it for like for this show and maybe for yours, but is that um, the reason it wasn't good is because they weren't good, but they put their effort and love and into it. It wasn't like a money grab or like reputed no. food fight. They, they lost the money and then they had to like put it, you know, figure out a film. Um, no, you're right about that. These guys really love their own product. And like, it, Mike, it's just like when we watched Liquid Sky, right? Yeah. They were into it. They did the hard work. They believed in their product. They were just wrong, you know? <laughs> Same thing with this one. It really was a labor of love. And everybody involved in it was all about Scotland. It just wasn't a good... Listen... I give them an A for effort. I'm sure their mother is very proud. You know, so, speaking of which, this is a family affair. I mean, they also have their uh, uh, their two daughters are in this movie, uh, yeah. Valentina and a woman named Talia Storm, who's now yeah. a she, Talia is a she's a pop singer in, in uh, England. She has like she's a BBC presenter. She does the red carpet. She's been on shows called Celeb Go Date Dating, X Factor, the making the band making of a girl band and then uh another weird like oh uh, like celebrities driving type of thing like so she's kind of a face and she's young they're both young like she's young she sings a couple songs in this movie but she's in her early 20s now so she must have been like 17 when this movie came out yeah in 2012 it started in 2006 i mean it took them seven years to get this thing out you know to sonoma Oh. <laughs> right. oh, and her grandfather. Her grandfather shows up too. A guy named John uh, Fortune Fraser. In fact, there's a, well, a joke. Yeah. yeah, John Fortune Fraser, and it's ironic his middle name Fortune, right? Yeah. He was the guy who made 15 million pounds of financing happen. She, he's he's uh, the father-in-law. He's Tessia's father. Gotcha. And yeah, if it wasn't for him and the name of Sean Connery, this film wouldn't have been made. He does a voice in it, and they they have a John Fraser mining sign, like a little end joke uh, mm-hmm. halfway through yeah. the movie. Yeah. So you blame we should... him. It's his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should mention. Yeah. Uh, well, the Scottish uh, the composer is a guy named Patrick Doyle, who's like famous Hollywood uh, composer, who's from Scotland, and he does a voice, and he uh, did the score, although. They did it kind of on the cheap. It was like the Hungarian orchestra in Budapest. And there's a couple of classical numbers like Flight of the Valkyrie, which the end credits, it looks like public domain music. It's a different orchestra. Well, he, Patrick Doyle was, uh, he's, he's known, he's Academy Award nominated, right? But it, he did Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. He did Sense and Sensibilities. Once again, it was all about being Scottish. That's why he said, yes, I'll do this film with you. So who else was in this film that was uh, of note that should have made it better? Oh, uh, Alan Cummings. Yeah, that's what I would say, too. Alan Cummings. And and, uh, Ruby Wax, do you remember her? 
Who is that? I saw that in, when I was looking at IMDb. Shock, she was in Shock Treatment. She's in a bunch of other stuff. I think she's oh, this pop singer. So she's like yeah, a, yeah. a cult actress. Yeah. With a name like Rudy Rudy Wax. Yeah. You would think. Um, yeah, and they're talking about uh, Shrek is another Scottish uh, animated film. You guys forgot about Shrek? Yeah, I did forget well, about Shrek. They don't like... Uh, uh, how am I going to put this? The wife got butt hurt. Okay, about things that aren't really Scottish and they're just pretending. Uh, like, for instance, there was a movie called Brave. Also in 2012, it was a Pixar film. Walt Disney released it. It was about medieval Scotland. And she's really mad because the Scottish government gave seven million pounds to advertise and promote Brave over her film. Oh, yeah. she was furious. Furious. She reminds me of George Romero. The late George Romero, when he would be interviewed, he would say, oh, I, I do production films right. I'm not like John Carpenter with Escape from L.A. And I saw him drop Escape from L.A. like two or three times. So that's that's her Escape from L.A. is brave. She's bitter. Yeah. You know, even though this film is Scottish, uh, they break their own rules. Like, for instance, they do have Eastern European orchestra hired and they recorded all the sound for the film in the Bahamas. Well, they got the money for it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Todd Fraser. Yeah, holy crap. Fortune. But the thing is, they want to say this film is all Scottish, like when it serves their purpose. Yeah. When they're in trouble with money, you know. I don't know if Alan Cumming got paid either, but he is very Scottish, and he was born in Scotland in 65, and that's probably... I don't know if he got money, but that's why he was part of it too. Scotland. I mean, he's, he's, a, a, he's pretty. What do you think? Once you get Sean Connery and you're like, this is probably his my last chance to work with him, but uh, or, or be in a film yeah. with him, it must help a lot. So yeah, but I can't imagine them not paying Sean Connery. But but he owns half the company, which which is irrelevant now. Which is irrelevant because it didn't make the money that it promised. I saw an interview with uh, Sean Connery in researching the film for our show, and he looks great. He's in his 80s, but he was standing throughout the whole interview. <laughs> he looks fine. Away. It was in Sonoma, too, so he had just traveled. He yeah. looked great. Drinking wine. Yeah. Alan Cumming was not there, son bitch. Oh, man. Uh, he was trying to make some actual money. So Sean Connery, well, I looked up, uh, he also turned down Lord of the Rings. That was dumb. <laughs> that was, that dumb. was dumb. The article said he lost out on $450 million. But I, I don't I think can that's... I see him that's not, not right. knowing... I can see him not understanding Matrix and not getting how could you predict it would be a hit. But you knew Lord of the Rings was going to be a hit before it was even made. They made three movies at once. It's like, don't you think there's a lot of confidence in that? You know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hit it on the head with a lot of movies like he's been in like iconic like every generation can say uh, The Rock or Untouchables or Miss Dr. No and that's like good enough for one actor the fact that he's yeah. been in those Bond yeah. alone yeah so but it's it's depressing when you look at his uh, career towards the end that he just didn't have get a good break to, you know he doesn't have a good swan song as it were were the reviews of the movie that people go out and see? Yeah. So the they New Scotsman, hated they hated it. There's a, a New Scotsman, and I read it online. They refer to Gordon the Goat, the character that Alan Cumming plays, 
as an incontinent gay goat. Yeah. Yeah. He he does pee on the floor. He wears a, a yellow jumpsuit like uh, uh, Bruce Lee and Uma Thurman and the woman from Battle Royale wears. You know that. And it's inexplicable why. Yeah, and he has like a monogram G on it. He's the only animal character that walks on two feet. All the other characters, they are they kind of look like Pluto in the sense that you have anthropomorphized animals and then you have like pets for those animals. But they all talk. The the rabbits, the beaver in the movie, they all chat. But Gordon's the only one who walks around. And what's weird about Gordon, there's a really poorly constructed flashback in the middle of this movie where, you know, Gordon's in trouble and Billy thinks about it, the time with yes. Billy. And and Gordon thinks he's a dog. It's never explained in the movie. It's just shown in this montage uh, flashbacks where he's reading Identity Crisis. And my favorite scene, Carl, in this movie is the flashback of Sir Billy throwing a frisbee to the goat. And instead of mm -hmm. catching it with his anthropomorphized hands, he catches it in his mouth like a dog. Right. And like they're, outside dog. An, they're outside an airport. It looks like an airport. Like they're hanging it's out weird. at the departure. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Which is he, a man or a dog? And if you remember at the beginning of that flashback, he didn't know how to speak. Like he got taught by Sir Billy how to be a human. Yeah. And also don't forget in the flashback, he does a scene from Cabaret. So the goat was kind of like, even though they at the same time, but the donkey character, the comic relief. I don't know. He was the sidekick to Sir Billy, and he was meant to be the comic relief. Yeah. Mike, remember how he teases him when she, he meets the American woman? Uh, yeah, that's right. He, he, like, there's a kid named Jake. They call him Master Jake. His butler calls him Master Jake, which reminds me of what I did this morning. But he, uh, <laughs> he tells the kid, Jake, he goes, check out the tits, basically, on this girl. There's a, there's a yank. And you can tell she's a gang from New York because she has an I Heart NY uh, sticker on her moped. This Sir Billy movie isn't something you should show kids because the animation is really scary. Yeah. <laughs> but is this because it's, um, I, I, and I don't want to say cheap, but just not good animation? It was just. Uh... I think it's just the ugliness. Like yeah. Sir Billy really is an ugly, and the goat, and even the sexy girls are. I mean, I'm not okay. From cleavage down, it was fine, but from neck up, it was scary. Butterfaces. The yeah. filmmakers are really delusional about this. Like, for instance, I've got this quote. Like, the critics hated it. And okay, this guy Hartman, he says this. He insisted his film was broadly welcomed. This is his quote: "There are haters in any society, and anyone who sees my film has loved it." We are we got a standing ovation in Sonoma, but there are always going to be that side to it. We're a David in a major Goliath industry. So he thinks people are just hating on him. Not that it sucks. But the thing about big studio movies, Brave and you know Shrek, is that they have lighting, they have good audio, they have decent animation, yeah. they have plots, they have thing about studio notes is that they tell you hey this is going in a bad direction or this needs to be improved you know when you have people overseeing you sometimes that helps certainly has this like uncanny valley you know when you look into a cgi's eyes it's uncanny valley but these animals are in such peril like a mom rabbit falls off a cliff and yeah. you can see her eyes as she cries in pain yelling yeah. for her kid who's floating down the river and you cut to the kid and you can see the pain in the eyes like you it, it's very unpleasant. Right.
And remember what happens to her? They think she's going to be paralyzed, and they're asking her to to wiggle her toes. It's yeah. horrific. Well, yeah. What can you say nice about um, going back to our original film? Sir Billy? I can say nice that the, it was a family effort and they really believed in it and they wanted to do something for Scotland. I mean, they failed, but it was their heart was in the best place, you know, and they worked hard to make this film. They worked hard to raise the money. Also, they don't want to compete with Pixar. They want to like stand beside Pixar. Like they believe in the reason they did it in Sonoma was one of those guys um, who created that sort of animation is from there. Um, mm. That's why they wanted to unveil it there, not in Scotland. And, you know, Pixar is in Emeryville, which is close to Sonoma. Mm -hmm. Oh, John Lasseter, that's his name. They really the loved John Lasseter. He was one of the people who was like the godfather of this animation style that Pixar Films does. He's from Sonoma. That's why they wanted to do it there. Gotcha. You know, they actually, uh, at the end credits, there's another flashback scene, and it's the young Sir Billy and his first wife. And they show, like, the romance and the scenes, and then at the end, he's crying over her gravestone. And that's a fucking ripoff of the intro to Pixar's Up, you uh -huh. know, where the old man revisits. And there's no yeah. connection to it. Like the, and Sir Billy, yeah, yeah. They, keep, they keep saying he never finds love or, like, he doesn't have a woman. He's, it'll be his first time. One of the young ladies, and I don't know if it's the daughters of the, of the production team uh, doing the voice, she goes off with him. And there's a, and they even do like a Bond joke. There's a lot of Bond references at him in this movie. Oh, yes. And, yeah. So there's the, the inch, well, the, the reference I'm saying is that he drives off with this young girl, like a fraction of his age, as fireworks go off around the town. Right. And he says, oh, the things I do for Scotland. Which is a bond line. Yeah, the, all the remember every single car in the film was one from a Bond film. Yeah, the silver Astro Martin. He comes in and he throws his hat onto that uh, the hat, the coat rack, and it perfectly lands. They uh, had uh, Shirley Bassey sing the theme song. She did "Diamonds Are Forever" and "Goldfinger," and right. it's a montage, you know, like of a Bond movie. And it's the first time you see the characters and you see the women. And you go, what the fuck? You know, like you see the, the, the TNA up front in the first yep. couple minutes. Yeah. Gonna... It does look like the opening to a Bond film. And her song really sounds. Now, that song was written by Sasha and Tessa Hartman themselves. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, it sounds like that Elvis's song, I Can't Help But Falling In Love. It sounds just like that song. Uh, some sheep say... Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, but they have um, the same woman, Shirley Bassey, singing. I guess that's that wasn't probably wasn't cheap to get her as well. Right. Right, and the thing is, okay, so in an interview with her, she claims that they sent her the song, she loved it, and her old friend, Sean Connery, never mind they haven't talked since 67, was in it. Uh, and that's why she agreed to do it. But I think that's what you say on the talk show. I think she got paid. Yeah. He, uh, there's other Bond's references. He says, my name is William, Billy to my friends. And uh, there's one woman who calls herself, oh, 
I should be Jeremita Bond. And also, he has a parachute. We haven't even mentioned that he's a skateboarder. Yeah, that's right. And, and he has these overalls. At one point, he falls off a ledge, and he shoots off a parachute with a Scottish flag. So he must have had that parachute in his overalls the entire movie. That's where he walks. Yeah. What's the point of him being on a skateboard? How does that go he doesn't with skateboard anything about the film? An hour. It's a 70-minute movie, and he starts skateboarding an hour into it. It's weird. <laughs> Great. So I'm going to wrap it up. You got, Carl, is there any more? I know you do a lot of research on the show, and I appreciate that. Um, Mike just shows up and he's charming. You know, he doesn't need. He's the, yeah. he's the audience. He's if I even show candy. up. He's the eye candy. If I if I even show up. If you show up, but um, any other stuff about the movie? I mean, it's pretty fascinating. I love the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I guess I just want to hate a little bit on Alan Cumming. Uh, I mean, we've seen Alan Cumming being being brilliant, right? Like in Golden Eye or in like Eyes Wide Shut. But yeah. uh, he's also he's had his share of crap. I mean, he was in Josie and the Pussycats, you know. Right. He was in Flintstones, Viva Las Ve Rock Vegas. Spy I mean, Kids. Yeah, well, he was okay in Spy Kids, don't you think? Yeah, he held it. He's a but he was one. in that animated. He was in Garfield, right? <laughs> and he was in the Smurfs. Give me a break. But the thing was, the he's Scottish, very Scottish. So. Other than that, I, I think we've covered it all. Uh, the movie had an advanced screening uh, in a charity-funded uh, York Hill Children's Hospital in Glasgow, Scotland, before it went to Sonoma. So I guess it did premiere in Scotland, yeah. but uh, pretty much they wanted to give this film to Sonoma in hopes that like the Pixar people would bump into it. And they did. Uh, no comment. They didn't like it. I don't know. <laughs> they never reacted, so. They sexually harassed the They're like, listen, we have enough problems. Just play Pat Adams. I thought of my wish. What is it? Could you turn this off? <laughs> <laughs> Can you take the brightness up a little bit? That's your wish? Yeah, yeah that's my whole wish. I don't need to meet Tom Cruise. Lower the all in all, I say to, to Sir Billy, horrible film, but great try. Your heart was in the right place. Really appreciate what you did. I wish I had been there to advise you. <laughs> right. Sometimes studio notes are not bad. Mike, can you say something nice about this film? It introduced me to Talia Storm. I got to go into like a YouTube rabbit hole, and I watched her music videos, and I watched her uh -huh. sizzle reel, and I, I uh, saw her fashion. It's, it's being sold on... Uh, Etsy and uh, eBay, like she her car red carpet. But uh, other than that, it's like I really wanted to see Sean Connery. And I know that League is a notorious way to wrap up your career, but he actually didn't wrap up his career with that. It's Sir Billy is his last film. So yeah, and and that way it's interesting. Like if you like Sean Connery, you might as well see it. If you've seen League, and, and which is no good movie, then you might as well see Sir Billy as well. Listen, you go to uh, iTunes, you type in Proudly Resents, and then I split the show up in segments. You can get reviews, interviews, special guests, The Room. I interview everyone from The Room, so check that out. That's, uh, again, uh, ProudlyResents.com to find out more about the podcast. Oh, and go to our Facebook page, Proudly Resents. It's mostly about bad movies, 99%. You're just cheap. All right, thanks, guys. Let's do this thanks, again Dad. soon. That was fun. Okay.
Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our uh, responsible length movie on YouTube, LWAFLMYT is our magic acronym. And Benjamin's our guardian angel. Do us a favor. We have no advertisements. You watch, listen to the whole show, watch the movie. Why don't you donate some money to the station uh, through Venmo and just go to at Mutiny Radio and just donate five bucks. Yeah. Uh, help the station during this time. And we're so, we hope you guys stay safe. Carl, uh, great to talk to you, man. Uh, anything you want to promote for real There's nothing to promote. We are COVID locked down. Locked down. That's right. Locked down. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Keep right. locked down. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird comedy. Hi, Michael. Hi. This is Carl. I'm Mike's friend. I I wrote this song. My turn loves are French poodles, Chinese noodles, and and German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. Uh, That's the French duh, not the (laughs) duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael. Yes, yes, you're listening to House of Pride Radio. Take us to the disco. Take everyone and your mother. I can't take it anymore. I need to dance. Uh, we're listening to the Club Jumpers remix of Trey's 
Get Me to the Disco. And I think we have um, uh, one half of the famous duel with us on Pride Radio. Dan, can you hear us? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. I mean, I, I guess like everybody else, right, just being in quarantine, I guess this is a great song that Craig just uh, put out. I mean, it works perfectly what's going on right now. Yes, it does. Yeah, very topical, I would say. Uh, when you guys got the assignment, what what did you uh, what ingredients did you think that you needed to, to put into like this kind of a mix? Well, you know, I was you know I would talk to the artists and I was asking them you know ask them who's going to be in the package you know different remixers so that way I know like each sound that's gonna you know incorporate mm -hmm. a different mix. So we always want to take ours of course to a different direction. So. And that's what we did. I mean, we kind of made it more more pop dance or uh, top 40 radio. Yeah, af absolutely. has a, a totally different flavor than the other mixes, but that's what you want on an EP. No, exactly. You want a variety all the time because, like you said, not everybody likes the same thing. So, And this is a great package. I mean, Craig really, uh, really hand-selected, you know, some great people on this package. I mean, I really like all the mixes on this, on this uh, single. Absolutely. Uh, actually, we're going to be talking to him right after uh, our conversation. Um, maybe we'll highlight, uh, go um, to one of the di digital platforms and highlight some of the other mixes. But uh, but um, Club Jumpers, wow, you guys, yeah, solid, solid jam. Um, yeah, the production level is just uh, great. Um, he's uh, number one last week on our Pride Top 10, which is coming up a little bit later with DJ Sean Perry. Will he be number one again? We're going to have to just wait and find out. Um, so Club Jumpers, you guys, uh, it's an interesting story because you're, it's, a, it's like um, a family affair. <laughs> Can you elaborate? Yes, I mean, yeah, Club Jumpers is actually, uh, my other half is uh, my, my younger brother, actually, Sam Michaels. Uh, he's one of the main producers uh, in Club Jumpers, you know, besides me. And then we have another friend of ours that actually has been working with us for 15 years now, so I guess we can call him a brother also. Mm -hmm. uh, we call him George Eyes, and, it, and it's been an adventure. It's been a journey. I mean, we've been doing this since 1993, believe it or not. So, yeah, we've worked with so many. We work, yeah, we work with so many great people. You know what I mean? So many great people on the way, and it's been great. It's been great. You know, now you know, like I say to a lot of people, now I'm just doing it just for fun. Yeah. What was your? Do you remember your first uh, assignment when you realized, wow, we're we're in the mix here? My first big record that we did with Club Jumpers was actually when Enrique Iglesias crossed over to the English market with Rhythm Divine. Oh, nice. Yeah, I remember that. Like, he started showing up on the Hot 100 chart. And then from there, you know, we got hired to do Forgot About Dre, Eminem, and the rest was history. Awesome. Is there uh, any project in particular that stands out as one of your favorites? I mean, there's so many favorites. I mean, I mean, like I said, I've worked with so many great uh, artists, you know, from majors to the independents. I mean, I think I would say they all stand out to me because they're all great people. And all these artists that I've worked with, they become actually my actual, they become my family friends, I guess if you can say. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I could totally see you on um, a, a yacht with Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually, you know what, that was actually our uh, last single that we just did before uh, COVID struck, you know, this year. So, and we actually did a great song, which was called Suda, which is sweat in English. 
and that one went double platinum for us this year. So we're kind of excited for that. Uh, I've always wanted to work with Pitbull. I always knew the guy. I know the guy that actually started managing him and, and rise him to fame. I worked with him in radio back in the 90s. And um, so you know how it is. I guess it all comes together. You know, somebody knows somebody, another person knows that one, and another one knows another one. So it all just comes together, and they're like, hey, you know Dan Matthews, right? Oh, yeah, of course I know Dan Matthews. Well, how would you like to? Well, of course, yeah. You know, let's send them the stems and see what they can do. And, you know, me and my brother, we did match it. And, you know, and it, it all comes down to the fans, too. You know what I mean? It's all with the fans, your audience, that we always have to thank because those are the people that actually make you who you are today. Absolutely. Uh, so when you guys – are um, constructing, producing a, a remix. So, what what parts do you do you have responsibility for? Like, how do you share up the, the responsibilities? Well, you know, Sam Michaels, like I said, my brother, he's more of the production side. I mean, he's really not thankful because he's my brother, but yeah, he's he's a great producer. So, I mean, we we both sit down, and he's the one that actually I tell him, hey, well, what do you think of this baseline? What do you think of this? And what do you think of that? And and I'll give him my ideas, and then he'll put down his ideas, and then the song, we start the song, and we're halfway done, and then he'll be like, let me take it home. So then he comes back with a session, and it's all different again. I'm like, hey, well, my ideas, you took everything out that I did, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so, so there I am back again telling him, okay, let's move that. Let's take off 16 bars off of there. Let's take off, let's add four more bars here. Okay, let's bring down the vocals here. Let's add these vocals here. Let's do this here. Okay, let me do this here. And then he says, wow, why didn't I think about that? And I said, because we're both club jumpers, remember, as a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, where's your, where did you guys grow up? We're actually born and raised in Orange, California, oh, Southern right. California. And we moved to Texas back in our late teens and uh, and then I moved to San Antonio and I've been here for 20 years in San Antonio now oh San Antonio I, I really want to check out that city is that the one with the, the river walk it is it's with the river walk the Alamo I mean it's, it's, it's a great city not just saying that because I've been here for 20 years but you know being from California it is a, it's, it's a really nice city it actually looks like California now everybody from California lives here now well a lot of people moving out you can't take it exactly. anymore. The fires <laughs> yeah. and the you know the pandemic. It's just got to get out of the city. <laughs> well, not not only the ba not only the city. There, I mean, there are people leaving because it's half closed down. But the fires have ravished the northern part of I just saw something on. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's been a crazy year. Yeah, <laughs> crazy year. Yes. How how are you doing during this pandemic? Are you uh, are you staying busy? Well, you know, actually, you know, we've been blessed. We've been, you know, semi-busy. You know, most and a lot of people would be busy. So, you know, I actually actually do radio also. As you know, I run a station also in Sacramento. Yes, and, 105.9. Uh, so yeah, we're the 105.9.9. Yeah, I'm the operations manager and the programmer there. So I have a lot of duties there. And you know how that is. You work for radio yourself. I'm, you know, so. Yes. And but anyways, yeah, tasks. I mean, you know, the we're still getting production. I mean, believe it or not, and that's, you know, Trey came to us, you know, with this great song, you know, Get Me to the Disco, and, you know, he, he had brought it to me. He's like, what do you think of this idea? And I said, Craig, this is a great idea. I mean, this is something that would really work 
that's actually happening now, you know, with this COVID-19 and, you know, people just getting frustrated. But I guess, you know, with the COVID-19, I'm saying that it was a good thing, but it's like I've actually taken a break from all this stuff. You know, I, mean, I actually get to sleep more, get to do more things that I wanted to do. Because before yes. COVID, remember, we didn't have a life. We were always flying out of town. We were always in the studio. It's like if I slept, I only slept like probably three three to two hours a day. And we were just on the go all the time. So I guess, you know, with COVID-19, it's actually brought me back to reality also as a, as a human being and an individual. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I see that. It's like a little COVID vacation <laughs> before things yeah, like it, wind back it's up. Been, yeah, it's been a long vacation, though, right? <laughs> it, long, yeah, long, long. <laughs> COVID welcomed the, the vacation stage. Time to get active again. Um, now, do you do you come from a radio background? Is that, Did you go to a broadcasting school? Like, wh- How did you get into uh, radio? Actually, yes. I actually started on radio when I was 15 years old. That was uh, the first time. I started in a community uh, college uh, in L.A. And when I moved to El Paso, I was actually working for the University of uh, UT, UTEP. And uh, I got my uh, college degree in broadcasting because back then, remember, you had to have an FCC license to talk on the radio. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and nowadays, of course, you don't need that as long as you have a good voice and you know what you're saying on the radio. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, I did take some broadcasting classes for that. I mean, I think it was like – I think it was like a two-month class or something like that, you know. So, I mean, I don't remember. It was way back in those days. Yeah, so you've been working in radio really since the beginning. Do you and then how, when did um, remixing and producing come about? Well, you know, I was a DJ first. You know, I mean, I of course, you know, we're all DJs. You know, I I was supposed to DJ when I was uh, 14 years old. I started, you know, DJing and uh, got into radio at, at 15. And then I got into the major radio uh, when I was 17. And uh, one of my friends, he actually took me to a studio, and I was blown away because I was like. Oh my gosh, this is how music is created. The stuff that I'm playing on the radio, this is, you know, I saw like mm-hmm. the tracks individually coming out of, you know, a mixing board. Remember back in the day, the Mackies, you know, track one, I saw the kick coming out through there. Track two, I saw the bass. Track three, the hi hat. And I was blown away. And I said, when I went back home, I told my brother Sam, hey, Sam, I need to take you to the studio because this is something that we got to do. And, and now here we are. <laughs> And now here we are, 30 years later, right? <laughs> yeah, with the uh, amazing repertoire of uh, jams that you guys have produced for folks, for talented folks, and uh, the record stands for itself. Um, then we're going to go out with the uh, uh, Melanie. Uh, how do you pronounce her name? Featuring Pitbull Suda, your mix. It's, it's Melanie Furman uh, featuring Pitbull yes. Suda, Club Numbers remix. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go out with that. Um, Wow, so you guys are like rocking it out in El Paso. I've got to like come on down to that city at some point and uh, say hello. I've, if it's, it's on my list of places to check out for sure. On my way to Houston's Eagle to say hi to Mark and JD. I think they're, I'm not sure if they're on this project with you. No, I don't think so. But have you You guys probably have like crossed paths before. Oh, yes, I know Mark very well. Yes, I know Dirty Disco. I know all those guys out there. Yeah, and I'm in San Antonio, by the way, not El Paso. Anymore. Oh, so San sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, San Antonio. That's quite yeah, a distance, so right? Because El Paso's all the way on the corner. Uh, yeah, El Paso's like about a 15-hour drive from San Antonio. So oh, forget about that. it. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> San Antonio's on my list, not El Paso. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a big state. 
Um, everything's big in Texas. Everything's big in Texas, as they say. They do say <laughs> that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to get acquainted. Uh, so, okay, so folks are just uh, getting into Club Jumpers now. What's the best place for them to go and uh, learn and follow you guys? I mean, you know, we have clubjumpersmusic.com. Okay. Uh, we actually we're on Spotify also as Club Jumpers. Uh, you can Google us, Club Jumpers with K. There's uh, thousands of pages on us. We're on Wikipedia. Uh, our IG is my IG is Dan Matthews uh, underscore Club Jumpers. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I mean, we're everywhere. I mean, you can just type out Club Jumpers and we'll pop out everywhere. <laughs> That's so. great. Uh, and then for Rhythm 105.9, is that a F ac actual FM station? Uh, like you dial? Yes, it's a, yeah, it's a terrestrial station, yeah. It's uh, FM radio, the antenna's actually in Yuba City, and we broadcast into uh, Sacramento, and it's an FM station. It's uh, www.rhythm1059fm.com. Awesome, and you're the, the program director there, is that correct? That's correct. I'm the operations manager and the program director for the station. And what is it? Is it a dance station primarily, or is it a mix of different, like how would you it's describe it? It's, it's a top 40 mainstream uh, billboard indicator uh, reporting station. It's actually a uh, top 40. Oh, that's uh, that's interesting. Do, yeah, because we, now that yeah, the uh, – go, I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. You're saying no, no, I was saying uh, we do play a variety of uh, music. And, we, I, you know, of course, I love dance music, so I'm going to throw some dance music in there as well. So you report to the billboard top 40 uh, promoters, not, not so much the – well, the, the club chart, which is actually on hiatus, as you know. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Shaw. Yeah, so yeah, I don't report to the dance chart. I report to the to the top forty mainstream chart, to the to the radio top one hundred chart. Oh, that's so cool. That's used to be. I was so obsessed with the hot hundred for many many years growing up. That would be like the chart, the go to chart to find out what was going on. Even now, you know, uh, a top forty chart song will oftentimes uh, they'll develop a um, a dance EP for it to I guess to branch out different demographics so not all the time but even some of the rap songs they do which is cool you know like no exactly yeah and you know we and i do i do a lot of remixes for the dance uh chart as a matter of fact with you know on that side with bobby shaw uh yeah i love bobby's great bobby in new york yeah make making it happen there on his side um but let me let you go we got to get the uh our little pride top 10 going which is um Mostly dance oriented. You know, we try to highlight the remixes. Uh, hence, Club Jumpers version of uh, "Get Me to the Disco." So, uh, so that's going to be getting started. But before we get that started, Dan, I want to say thank you for joining us. And we are going to go out with your uh, Pitbull Suda uh, with Melanie featuring Melanie uh, Furman. Actually, it's Melanie Furman featuring Pitbull. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Melanie Furman featuring Pitbull Suda Club Jumpers remix. And Tweeka, thank you so much for inviting me. I, you know, it's an honor to be on your, on your show. It's an honor to talk to you, Dan. It's the first time you're on House of Pride, so don't be a stranger. You're welcome back anytime. You and your brother, uh, come on back, okay? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna go out now with the Club Jumpers version of.
Yeah, that's the Melanie Furman featuring Pitbull Suda, the Club Jumpers' uh, official remix radio edit. Fabulous. Uh, hey, let's shoot on down to Southern California and speak to our artist who was the number one uh, cat on our top, probably top ten countdown last week, the one and only Trey. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How you doing, Tweeka? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Relaxing here at home. Awesome. So you must be under uh, a lot of pressure, under stress to know if you're still number one this week on the <laughs> top ten <laughs> countdown. The suspense <laughs> is killing you. <laughs> I was hoping maybe the number two can go up to number one. Yeah, <laughs> something be. radical like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so um, Club Jumpers, Dan and I, we were complimenting you on really the production value of your entire EP, which is one of the um, aspects we look for when charting here on Pride Top 10, because as you know, there's a lot of, it's not just a, you know, a lot of folks come to the table to make a really good EP, and you guys really delivered. I thought this would, it would be fun to kind of just uh, listen and talk about a couple of the mixes that aren't on the top 10 on our chart, but are out there on other charts and doing really well. Uh, what do you think about that? Sounds great. So I, folks listening to us, uh, Treg's uh, EP is out everywhere. Every digital platform you can think of. So go and support him and his remixes, his remix team. Uh, so I went to iTunes. This is my go-to place to listen because they're pretty well organized and easy to get to and whatnot. So right away, there it is, all, all the mixes right in front of me. And the, pack and the artwork looks great. Did you, were you the director of the artwork? So I, I had an idea. So there's a guy that I, I was using for a while who always did a great job. But, you know, Matt Consola with Bushcraft, um, who co-labeled Release with me, he basically said, hey, I think you should use this guy. You know, he looks really good, what have you. 
And I said, okay. So I, I reached out to him and he said, yes, you can do it. And I said, hey, the only thing that I'm really feeling right now is like seeing the back of a car, maybe like a, a Thunderbird or something, just like trying to get out of the pandemic and see where this goes. So what you see is what he sent me. There were no revisions, nothing. Cool. It's very, very uh, neon light kind of in transit to the disco. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He just crushed it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. So good. Pablo did an amazing job. So I was super, super stoked. That's fabulous. So shout out to Pablo and the uh, Swish Craft label. Uh, That's right. Got to give them more credit when we're talking about this project. Yeah, for sure. Um, the only thing is it's not highlighting the actual mixes because there's so much your, your title is so long <laughs> like oh right <laughs> but we can listen to you can hear us right right now yep okay so let's just go um, I know number one the first one I've downloaded so that's on our charts I won't play that I think that's uh, Dirty Disco Leo Frappier but let's check out the second mix and you can talk about it oh here we go My first question is, who's that diva singing in the background? Not you. We already know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Kiva. All right, Kiva. She's the same lady that sang with me on I Ain't Got Time For That, and she has a couple records out right now um, as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she uh, – we, we, the pride community loves our divas. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah, she – She's, her pedigree is like off the hook. She toured with Chaka Khan on world tours. She toured um, around the world with Elton John. She sang with Natalie Cole. She sang with so many different people. She just sang at the Oscars in a choir. Um, it's not uncommon to find her on, you know, the um, singing talent contest in, in one of the choirs as a background singer. She's literally, she's so legit and, and seasoned and just the real deal. And she's a very good friend of mine. Awesome that you're so blessed to have connected with someone like that. And yeah, she's she brings a lot to the table for sure. Fabulous. So that was uh, I, I recognize that one. That was one of the Dirty Disco <laughs> remixes. But that uh, was Luscious Low. Oh, that's Luscious Low. Okay, so I didn't make a mistake. That was Luscious Low, right? Yes. And uh, he totally redid the song. I mean, he took um, he created like one verse and then the raps, and he created a really super cool groove about the whole thing. When I first listened to it, I thought, wow, this is really reimagined. And I was taken aback at, at how much I really liked it because it, I sort of nicknamed it my um, my Palm Springs mid-morning jam. You know, that's what I would want to hear if I'm in Palm Springs, you know, just getting ready to be poolside. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. try to name, I try to name all the remixes. Well, yeah. you should send it to Hunters for sure. <laughs> I know, I need to, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, all right, so we, let's uh, let's try another mix. There's so many. We'll do, we'll do a couple more, uh, folks. Once again, go go and get download these mixes. Or actually, you have a deal where you download the whole uh, EP for a little less money. Uh, oh, here's Head Rocker. Now, who's Head Rocker? Lock with Lockdown Edit. Yeah, so Head Rocker, he is a producer over in the UK, and he's 
my guy, if I want to do a disco song, then I go straight to him. And I say, hey, I got this thing. I'll go into GarageBand. I'll create like a little bit of a track, and I'll write this song, and I'll send it over to him, and see what he thinks about it. And uh, he generally likes the stuff that I write and the hooks that I write, and he jumps on, and, and he produces the song and just seriously makes it what it is. So the Head Rocka um, Lockdown Edit, that's actually the single. Main single, the official single from the EP? Let's, yeah. Let's check it out, Greg. Here we go. Okay. I can relate to that stimulus check. <laughs> we need I another one. <laughs> and, you know. Oh my God! I wish it was that easy. Just take me to <laughs> the disco. The, I I went online to see if any dance floors are allowed to be open in San Francisco, and it and it plainly states no, like no congregating on dance floors or something like that. I couldn't believe it. That's yeah, really <laughs> unfortunate. It is. It is. Well, we have this song to dance to in our, our apartments or on totally. roo rooftops. Even. Absolutely. <laughs> and parks, right? Yeah. Uh, right. I illegally, but yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, here's one more. Don't know who it is, but here it goes. You can tell me after you listen to it. Same mix. <laughs> that's the same mix. Yeah, that's that Oh yeah, you know that one sounds so like a uh, mainstream to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. New disco, you know, trying to bring it like seriously straight to the dance floor for sure. Yes, you guys, and you did. Okay, let's see now. We have one more coming up here. Mark Hayden, Hagen. Oh yeah, yeah. He's been out. You know, he hasn't really been doing a whole lot lately. So I, I. Listen, let's do this. Let's do something. You know, he hasn't really been doing a whole lot of work, and I said, I really want you to like bring it on this, on this mix. Like, let's let's do something seriously. And he delivered. He did. He did such a great job. I mean, the entire EP, Suka is like literally, it's phenomenal. Like, I can listen to the whole thing from the beginning to the end. It's it's honestly, it's just so great. Every single mix is so great. Um, the, it's just it's so good. I mean, with thanks to you know Matt Consola because. You know, he brought some of the guys on and you know, sort of in control of the mix and, you know, what what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Um and it, it just turned out so great. Awesome. Let's check out Marks. Here we go. That's so good. Oh. 
That one's sexy. I like it. So great, right? So I've seen you. Um, now you're on the charts too. That th I think I've seen marks on the chart as well. Uh, oh, good, good, good. That's great to know. Yeah. Well, you've been getting uh, some feedback from it from people. Positive feedback. Yeah. Po yeah. Positive feedback. So Ooh. much. Yeah. On Instagram, you know, you get all those emails of all the positive feedback, and of course, Matt Consola. You know, he's just a beast at, at promo, and he does the in-flight. Um, promos and you know a lot of the DJs give really great feedback and you know I really enjoy um, seeing what that feedback is um, good bad or indifferent because um, I I love to listen to all of the critiques so that I can try to understand where people are coming from and see how I can make that better in the next record awesome uh, and then do you have stuff in the works for as a follow-up to this hit I do awesome yeah I have three songs right now that I'm working on Oh, right. Yeah, there's one one positive, uh, <laughs> you know, um, one one positive uh, thing that can come out of this pandemic is that folks have more time to make art. So tons of music is coming out, isn't it? I mean, there's yeah. so many people are doing. It's amazing. It's so great to hear. You know, it's funny because um, Dan Matthews, you know, a lot of times I'm thinking, you know, I, I have a hook. I, I'm, I write hooks. And so I'll go to Dan and be like, hey, is this easy? Because if I think of it, sometimes I think maybe it's easier or whatever. And he's like, no, oh, my God, no, that's great. That's great. Shut up. Shut up. No, it isn't. He's like, no, 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 it's great. Yeah, you, you have to do that. And so he's been really helpful in, in terms of um, just making me um, have more confidence in myself. You know, he's been doing this for so long, and he knows what a good hook should sound like, and he knows what a good record should, should sound like and what a melody is and what chord changes are. And, and so for me, it's like if I can, you know, bounce ideas off of him, I mean, that's like – who gets that opportunity, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, somebody like Dan who is um, entrenched in top 40 uh, genre and sounds, that's a great place to, to bounce it off, you know, because the structure of top 40 is dance music just with not extended, broken down, you know, reconstructed. Right. So, yeah, you've got, a, you've got a good team and a good product. I, <laughs> I, I do, I do, and it's so great, you know, to go to people and, you know, some people say no, you know, on this project. I had a few people who turned the project down. I won't mention their names, but, um, it's, you know, <laughs> it's not for everybody, right? I mean, it's always going to be that way. How can you please every single ear in the world? But, what is, <laughs> but what's great about that is people aren't just doing it for the money, you know, or, or, or doing it just to get on the EP. They, people are, you know, if they are feeling it and they're vibing it, then they're going to they're gonna jump on. I mean, I think that's a testament to you know them being really great producers and if they're not feeling it they maybe they know that they're not going to be able to do a great job on it or whatever so they just pass 
which was fine because it just leads you to another door. I mean, this EP turned out so great. It's like I couldn't have asked for a better collection of remixes. Yeah, and it's coming on the heels of a a, a really good song. Ain't got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you just express, you're like Dolly Parton. Your your music is like autobiographic, what's the word? Autobiographic, yes. Yeah. Autopornographic. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, awesome. You go, girl. (laughs) We're trying. (laughs) So we're going to go out with uh, Rob Moore's mix. Rob Moore, our buddy. Oh, my gosh. You (laughs) killed it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. The beginning of the song is so crazy good. And then um, just like the first part of the verse, and he played it twice. But what he did is so cool. I, I honestly, Tariqa, it's like I'm so excited over every mix. It's crazy. Yes, shout out to your remix team, to Swishcraft label over in Portland, Matt Casola, and everyone else involved. This is the Rob Moore remix. Uh, uh, Trey, I want to thank you for joining us and try to listen in. We've got uh, two tracks in top ten. Will it be number one? You've got to wait and see. Uh, uh, Sean Perry, DJ Sean Perry, will be joining me right after this to start the countdown. Thanks, honey. I'm tuning in right now. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Okay. Take, take care, Love honey. You. Thank you. All right. Uh, Right, yeah, a little highlight on Trigg's Get Me to the Disco, I'm in Quarantine because he's doing so well on our charts. Now let's bring DJ Sean Perry on board so we can start this damn countdown. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Tweaker Turner? Uh, it's going pretty good. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. Yeah. I'm on my second corona, so I am on my way. You're ready to, ready to go for it. Yeah. So wait, whose remix was that? That so we yeah that one was Rob Moore's but we've also highlighted a couple of other ones and then this nice. week now as you know last week we had Yo Frappier get me to the disco I'm in quarantine as the number one song will it remain number one will there be a new number one ladies and gentlemen the countdown is about to begin dun, 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 dun. <laughs> we have two Coming. new debuts this week Sean Perry do you want to start things off absolutely Number 10, it is my boy Sean Mendez. His song, Wonder, the DJ Fury Club 
cool. Let's check it out. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Link. <laughs> da -de -da -da. Now this, like this is a link you you before. sent me. <laughs> yes, you're supposed to download it before you even start. It played before when I was sampling it. Let's oh, did it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's from Dropbox, but you never know what to what to expect from Dropbox. Let me see if I re can refresh it. Why don't you tell us about your podcast? Um, my fabulous podcast. I actually have five of them out on SoundCloud right now. So I have music from House Mixes. Um, I have um, Top 40 Pop Anthem Remixes. I have one mix for Folsom that is kind of a bit dark and dirty. It's definitely bathhouse music. Oh, and, and you used to work at a bathhouse, so you know about that. Yes, absolutely. You know, there's nothing better than being in a, a cave playing music in a bathhouse. If I, I tell you all about that. I'm sure. You, I, I want to hear those stories. Maybe you can, you know, <laughs> write a coffee book, ta coffee table book okay. for us. I could never also DJ at a bathhouse because I would be so tempted just to play things like uh, Olivia Newton-John, Magic, or Xanadu. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Anyways, I think we're ready to go, honey. Okay, girl. Let's, Let's see. Play. Yes, Sean Mendez. <laughs> Here we go. Wonder. Debuting at number 10 this week on Pride Top 10.
All right, coming in at number 10, Sean Mendez, Wonder. Sean, do you often wonder what it's like to be loved, honey? Uh, no. <laughs> I've given up on that one. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am loved. You are loved. <laughs> honey, I, I feel like we're talking about love, and we're songs of love. Yes, we have songs of love in our top 10. Hey, shout out Company B, Susan. I hope you're listening. If you are, call in. Text me, though, on my telephone. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That was our first of two debuts. Yes, absolutely. And then at number nine this week, it is the new Miley Cyrus song, Midnight Sky. Fabulous. Um, so whose remix, who's remix do you have? I'm going to play Luke Hepworth's remix. Uh, I found it on uh, social media, and we'll give it a try. Awesome. Here we go. It is Midnight Sky, number nine. On the volume. <laughs> press play, girl. Press play.
Yes, that's Miley Cyrus, Midnight Sky, the Luke Hepworth remix, our second debut of the week, coming in at a strong number nine, DJ Sean Curry. Yeah, it's a great remix. You like it? Yeah, I do. I love the vibe. I love that kind of uh, synth bass thing going on. That's pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty prevalent in a lot of uh, today's remixes. So, yep, I'm down with it. Down with it, indeed. Let's see where that goes next week. I think I've seen it on other charts. And uh, if you get any feedback, let us know. But, yeah, glad you like it. Woo! Yeah. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? We are at number eight. And ah. number eight moved down from number four last week. But Uh-oh. it happens. Well, it's okay because it's former number it's one. Okay. <laughs> it is. We were there. We were there. It is Yes and their song Dynamite. Yes, your favorite group of the time. Well, n- actually, I take that back because it's a girl group well, competition. It's not one of my favorite groups. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my favorite artist, Texas Madonna, we both came out of the all right, on that note, this is the Jack Chang <laughs> remix. We love Jack. We do. <laughs> Yay, Jack. But don't you worry, Sean, Madonna's on this chart, too.
right, dynamite. Hey, Sean, can you uh, can you envision like a bunch of bears dancing to that song? Yes, it's a, a mass appeal across the board. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, a, a song that I have to admit, it took uh, a little time to get into it, but I, I like it now. Yeah, it's a cute little song. It's, it's, you know, it's her first song actually in English. I wonder how All hard the they had to practice. Uh, some of them are, huh? some of them are f have like dual citizenships or something. I think I saw an interview on ET. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, there you go, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the Jack uh, Chang uh, remix of BTS Dynamite. Good job, guys. Let's see what your follow-up is to that. Um, all right. So now this next one you you introduced to me. It is holding yes. holding steady, right? Go ahead. It is coming in at number seven. It is Lady Gaga. Fabulous. Now, I, I found a new mix I wanted to debut, if that's okay. Oh, awesome. Yes. It's actually the official extended mix, so that'll be interesting. I just sampled it. I didn't really listen to the whole thing. Well, let's check it out. Uh, yeah. you know, it's Lady Gaga. Here we go.
Right, Gaga. I really don't understand half of the lyrics, but the tono is very good. <laughs> you know what's funny about this song? It sort of reminds me of Remember Lady Gaga and Beyonce doing Telephone. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I, I do remember that song. Just saying. Yeah. I thought the bass line, I couldn't put my finger on it. It's, it reminded me of an 80s tune, and I finally... Finally, came it came to my head. So tell me if you think this sounds anything like uh, Lady Gaga's new one. Here we go. No, it doesn't actually. Oh, there we go. Not really. It's kind of like a, the pumping no. synth bass, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's the same key. I don't know. That one's in the key of E. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> Tweak, Tweak is not on drugs. How my girl went to the drinking, okay? Lord, lordy, going crazy up in here. Uh, well, let's ca let's continue, shall we, Sean? DJ Sean Perry. Shall we? Yes, please. Number six. It is my girl, well, our girl, Dua Lipa, featuring Madonna and Missy Elliott, and they be levitating. I tell you, what a trio of delight. Absolutely. I uh, love this song. Me, Actually, I really like this song. Me too. And it's our friend Dirty Disco bringing it to you, ladies and gentlemen. Levitating. Absolutely. Let's get high.
Holding tight at number six, levitating. All right, I thought about throwing a, a number five, holding tight for a third week, Sean. I think we're throwing a new re remix. You wanted to hear mine, so here it is.
Don't you push that love away? 